presented by Google. Hey, good morning. I'm Playbook co-author Rachel Bade. It's Thursday, November 30th. Henry Kissinger, America's most famous diplomat and the godfather of pretty much all things related to American national security, died last night. He was 100. Serving as President Nixon's national security advisor and later Secretary of State for both Nixon and President Ford, Kissinger's diplomatic efforts reshaped the world order as we know it today. He played a central role getting the U.S. out of the Vietnam War, opening relations with China, and reducing tensions with the Soviet Union during the Cold War. Expect to hear more about his life and the remarkable influence he had on American foreign policy today and in the days to come. But now to Capitol Hill, where it was a win-world news cycle yesterday. There's one big takeaway that we can glean from all the developments. The complicated realities of Washington, they're starting to creep in with lawmakers. Let's start with some eye-popping news from yesterday. House Freedom Caucus Chairman Scott Perry suggested in a news conference that conservatives would actually forego demands for steep spending cuts. Even accept the top-line appropriations number former Speaker Kevin McCarthy negotiated with the White House as part of the debt ceiling deal last spring. Yep, you heard that right. We're talking about the same funding deal that conservatives viewed as something of an original sin by McCarthy, which eventually led to his demise. We did a little schlepping on this to find out if the Pennsylvania Republican misspoke, and we're told no. Conservatives obviously prefer steeper spending cuts like they've been pushing for in the House, but there's now a fear that by making unrealistic demands for those cuts, House Republicans could actually get rolled by the Senate, who actually want more spending than the White House-McCarthy budget deal that was ironed out earlier this year. Meanwhile, in another cave of sorts, Senator Tommy Tuberville is looking for an off-ramp on his months-long hold of military promotions. Again, this is part of a protest of the Pentagon's abortion policies, but he's been getting blistered by his own GOP colleagues for this blockade for weeks now, and the Alabama Republican is suggesting that he's looking for a way out. Yesterday, our colleague Burgess Everett reported that Republican senators are hoping Tuberville will relinquish his hold on all promotions except those for four-star generals. This move comes as Republicans have been flirting with the idea of backing a Democrat proposal to make an end run around Tuberville, something that even defense hawks don't want to do. Reality check number three, back in the House. Republicans came to the realization that they're going to need to have a vote to officially begin an impeachment inquiry of President Joe Biden. You'll remember that McCarthy borrowed from a page of former Speaker Nancy Pelosi and simply announced an impeachment inquiry earlier this year. But the White House has been leaning on a playbook from former President Donald Trump, arguing that without a House vote, subpoenas from the House are invalid. So House Republicans are changing up their strategy. Meanwhile, members of both parties across the Capitol and Washington are getting a reality check on these optimistic suggestions that they can pass this $100 billion supplemental by the end of the year. Good luck. Speaker Mike Johnson pressed Senate Republicans in a private lunch yesterday to push as hard as they can to include as many provisions from a House border crackdown that passed the chamber earlier this year. It's known as H.R. 2. Now, that is a non-starter for Democrats, and that's not the only bad news for the supplemental that we heard yesterday. Johnson also indicated that even if Senate Republican negotiators strike some sort of border deal with Democrats for Ukraine aid, he might not be able to pass it as part of a large package. He said that the supplemental will probably need to be broken up to actually get through the House, and that further complicates the endgame to getting aid to Israel, Ukraine, Taiwan, and the border. As for the rest of your schedule today, the House and Senate are in, 
Embattled Congressman George Santos will give an 8 a.m. press conference. This comes just a day before the House is expected to vote on a GOP resolution to expel him from Congress, a resolution that a lot of people think is probably going to pass this time. Earlier this week, Speaker Johnson asked George Santos to resign for the sake of the institution and to spare the House from having to take this toxic vote. But if Santos's previous screeds blistering his colleagues is any clue about what he'll say this morning, expect a rather defiant tone. Tonight at 9 p.m., Governor Gavin Newsom of California will debate Ron DeSantis of Florida. This is part of a Fox News special that Sean Hannity will be hosting, and it should be interesting, to say the least. And at the White House, President Joe Biden will host a bilateral meeting with the President of the Republic of Angola. Later, he and First Lady Jill Biden will participate in the National Christmas Tree Lighting with Vice President Kamala Harris and Second Gentleman Doug Emhoff. I'm Rachel Bade. Thanks for listening.